0: Entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind, and you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found the podcast that helps you that uh, shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I am a business growth strategist and the profit booster. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get going, I have a super powerful training available right now that I think you guys need to consider. It's called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This is where I show you how you can get, get this, 45% boost in your net profitability in just 30 days. What? It's amazing, but it's so true. And if you just follow these simple three-step method that doesn't require that you're chasing more customers, you too can achieve it. It's quick and easy strategy that can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. I know you're thinking, I don't believe it, but go check it out at 30dayprofitbooster.com for more information. All right, I'm really excited to have my friend on today, uh, on the podcast today. Talia Jacqueline uh, was just 22 years old when she learned the most valuable lesson in business. Your value cannot be realized until you learn how to communicate it. A year earlier, at the ripe age of 21, Talia started her own trauma therapy practice, and it wasn't getting much traction. She just started calling herself a personal coach or consultant, and it wasn't going anywhere. But after studying communication and business psychology, Talia realized that titles and labels put you into a box. And to truly stand out, your message must be communicated with the right emotions, tonality, and strategy. That's how Visceral Communications was born. Talia dived deep into the intimate connection between psychology and communication, and she spent the last several years cementing those bonds after establishing Visceral in 2016. Working with business leaders, entrepreneurs, and their most valuable team members, Talia has helped companies generate the recognition, traction, and growth they so deserve. Talia, I'm so excited to have you on our podcast today. We're going to have so much fun.
1: I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Marcia. I, I feel like it's going to be a very fun and value-packed conversation, given how much we hit it off.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, here's, here's the thing, listeners, that really pulled me into Talia, is that she she gave me in our introduction this little piece about emotions and how emotions drive business, right? We make all of our decisions on that manner. And so Talia's quickly proven that she's an expert on how to give people to really Feel what's going on with that communication and that connection. So we're going to have just tons of tons and tons of, uh, of interesting ways going on today. But, um, Talia, so, um, tell me, I I like to do just a little bit of introduction, even though you've given me your, your, uh, introduction in your bio, tell me why communications, what was the driving connection that pulled you into a communications experience?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that answer is kind of jam-packed too um i will say that i as a child grew up in an environment in our own household where no one was really talking and communicating very well there was a lot of abuse going on and i think at a young age i realized um that my way of surviving throughout through that was to over communicate um Mm -hmm. versus really not communicate at all so i wouldn't communicate a lot of the negative stuff believe it or not but i was always like singing praise to people and and being the like good nice girl and over communicating my love and appreciation for people to just get affection but i will say that i think it started quite young in a in a a, a, just an environment where communication was definitely not a thing it wasn't really um a practice but i learned it i learned the importance of it professionally When I became an entrepreneur in my early 20s, it was uh, single handedly the biggest thing that I had to overcome being so young, not having a lot of years of experience, even though I had a lot of training that I invested in, and really just being out in the business world um, and learning that I sounded like everyone else. And I was saying the same titles and using the same labels. And there was like, not enough words in the dictionary that I could find that were mine. And that's when um, it was really that pain point that visceral was born through. But honestly, I think everything that we do in business, Marcia, is so rooted in our childhood. And Mm. so for me, I do say that it started very young because I think that has formed what I've looked for in the world. Um, So that's the, I guess, two sides of an answer. No, that's a fantastic answer. And oh, my gosh, you know, that is so
0: common that... We take what we learned as a child, or even, even forming in our teenage years, and in the friends and the people that we have around us that build who we become and how we how we live our lives and how we communicate. Right? If you have entrepreneurial parents, you tend to go down an entrepreneurial road. You know, if you absolutely, yeah, if you have very talkative, loving parents, then you often have a very loving, talkative relationship. You know, I mean, these are things that are all learned.
1: Absolutely. And I think when they're not learned, um, I think we look for them so much, like we seek it out in the world, because, again, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, or a lot of psychology is rooted in us trying to fill in ourselves what we didn't get from our parents and in our upbringing. So I think that business and who we are as people, they're very interconnected. I don't look at them as separate. But um, on the business side of things, it was was really a strong pain point. I think it's a pain point for a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners being able to communicate what they do in a way where they're heard and they almost have like a mic drop moment and people ask questions versus the eyes that glaze over and, you know, same old, same old type of thing.
0: You know what? I have to say 99% of the time, it's the other thing. It's the eyes glazing over. It's the, they're looking for the exit. You know, they're like, oh pleasure to meet you. And they, you know, (laughs) run for the, run for the curb or worse, your marketing falls flat Yeah, because you said something and they go,
1: yeah, whatever. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's very easy for us to blame, you know, networking for that, or just the, you know, business as usual for that. But for me, I think the reason that I started studying communication was because I actually believed and realized that, There was something wrong with the way I was communicating. It wasn't other people not listening. There was something that I was saying that was not making them listen. And then there were times where I'd captivate people. And so in an interesting way, you do have to take ownership over the problem versus just be so used to it and accustomed to it and then continue the same pitch or introduction that you use that might not be working for you. So I think I'm a very big believer in uh, communication starts with you. Oh, I love it. Ownership. You know, you can only do things that you
0: can only change yourself, right? Yeah. But I think that's so powerful because, you know, we do go back to the comfort zone of, oh, well, I'm just going to say I'm a business growth strategist and my company is, rather than getting it around to really peaking what the audience or the person I'm speaking to yeah. is really interested so they can perk up their ears and go, that's right. what? wait a minute, tell me more. But then there's those that, you know, of of years past that made it so confusing. Like they, they came up with some slogan that was like really jazzy and whatever, you know, but then you're like, what? what did you just say? It was a foreign language, right? So there's that magic spot in between, right?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I think that um, the common denominator, excuse me, between the two examples that you just gave are there's a real obsession with the words. What's the cool tagline? What's the cool slogan? Or what do I say as a business growth strategist or financial advisor or insurance agent, whatever your profession is, how do I say it? And what do I say so that it attracts people? And actually, that's the wrong strategy um, because it's focusing too much on the words and we can peel that back. But, uh, and on me, right? And it's focusing too much on you. Exactly. Exactly. You're not okay. focusing on who you're talking to. It's more of a, I need to be in the spotlight or I need to be understood. And that's important. <laughs> yeah, we all want that, right? That's important, but uh, it's not very effective.
0: Mm. Okay. So how do we make our communication effective when we're talking about, you know, the hook of sort, right? When you're doing your your you're starting your conversation, whether it's in your marketing on your website to your ideal client, networking on the phone, wherever yeah. we are, how do we get that started?
1: Yeah. So um here's how I'm going to back into that answer and I'm going to give everyone a very tangible um, a very tangible exercise that you can use to start to captivate people. But we live in a world, especially in business, where everyone knows the importance of emotions. Like the, the famous quote, people buy on emotions, but justify through logic. Like logic we know yep. these like proverbial sayings. And it's not that we're not aware of it. I just, I have not seen anyone teach people how to use it. Mm. There's You can know that emotions are important, but how do you use emotions in the way that you talk? instead of just being told to use them. And so that was one of the biggest pain points, one of the biggest pain points that I had when I was in my early 20s. You mentioned something about me starting a trauma therapy practice when I was 21. And that was really hard. I had trained in a program in Canada that um, had had clients like Gabor Mate, who is one of my heroes. He's a He's a really, really famous and well-renowned psychologist that helps a lot of people through trauma. He's been doing it for 20, 30 years. And I was really, really looking for that at the time, because I really wanted to build some type of practice around that. It's personal, like most people's businesses. And uh, it was really difficult for me to communicate the value of what I was doing. And I knew that emotion was important, but again, no one was telling me how to use them. And so I started studying emotions. And one of the biggest things that I found was that um, a lot of people will tell you to use the emotion of passion or use the emo- like project confidence. You're told all the positive emotions to use in your pitch, but then again, you don't use them because you're so focused on the words. So, a big part of the psychology is twofold that I think is very tangible and hopefully gives everyone listening right now um, something to use as you strengthen your own pitch. Number one is that the psychology of communication. Is that uh, a very small minority of what you communicate is words? A very small percentage. Um, and a very large percentage of it is your nonverbals. And those nonverbals can be broken down in your body language and in your tone of voice. And I actually believe that just like right now, Marcia, we're on Zoom and you can only see my shoulders up. I think body language is incredibly important, but I also think we live in a very remote world where uh tone of voice is actually most of what we hear all the time. It's very like one dimensional in the sense that we're not together in person. Right. So uh, the first piece of it is understanding that your tone, where you're coming from, the emotion is actually psychologically a lot more in what people process and what they absorb in the words that you say. And there are very tangible everyday examples of this. One of them being, even after you listen to this podcast, you're not going to remember everything we talked about you're gonna remember the things that had an emotional impression on you. Things that were said in a tone of voice that struck a chord with you. We call that a somatic impression in your body. Another example of this is when you're out networking with people and you go to an event and you maybe shake hands with 20 to 30 people. At the end of that night, two to three people are gonna stand out in your mind every time. And you will not remember the dialogues. You'll remember little impressions you had of people, vibes, feelings, an energy of a person, but you will not remember what they said unless Mm. it had a somatic impression on you. And so the first shift that we have to make is we have to stop obsessing with words. It's extremely important that, like you said, it can't be too fancy and too crazy, you know, because then people don't understand what you're saying. There's a great book by Donald Miller, Donald, mm, my gosh, Miller, I think. Yes. Building a Story Brand. Mm. One of my favorites. And he talks about how uh, if you're too complicated and you're, you know, using too many words or being too fancy, people are biologically designed not to listen to you because they tune out. <laughs> and so I think there's truth to that. But yeah, focusing on words is the problem. Right. So that's the okay. first piece. Okay. So we get we get um and and
0: you know, funny enough, that's what everybody focuses on. Yes. I have to get the right cadence. I have to say the right things. I have to get it into um. You know, if I have to get it in the shortest sentence, say my entire life desire and, and how I can help my customer in one sentence. Right. You know, oh, I'm great at this and you're going to get that. Right. It, it, it just is really it's hard. Yes. It's it's frustrating.
1: And we want to impress people. And unfortunately, though, it's the emotional impression that we make that impresses people. It's not the word vomit or the verbal impression. It's the emotional impression. So let's get to the chase on the second part of my answer, which is how to understand emotions and how to use them properly. And this, honestly, Marcia, is it is our mission with Visceral. I We are on a mission to change the way that people communicate in business, in sales context, in leadership context, by understanding the psychology of everything that we teach people and that words are actually a very minute part of what makes people very powerful communicators and so emotion is the essence of it but here's how to use emotion in a really powerful way so every single emotion has an opposite in fact everything in life exists in duality so you think of light and dark pain and pleasure happy sad anxious excitement we know some of these, like that's one that everyone knows. When you're nervous, you're also excited, and it's just a, a similar emotion being expressed in a different physical way. Mm-hmm. It's on the same spectrum. So one of the most powerful awarenesses and one of the most powerful emotions in business is anger. Anger is actually the root of creativity. Anger is on the same spec same spectrum as passion. It's literally what a lot of psychologists have started studying. It's called approach emotions. So think about it. Each emotion of anger and passion, whenever you experience it, it makes you want to do something about it. When you're angry, you approach the situation and you have to resolve it. When you are passionate, you have to do something about it. And so that that is a very proactive emotion and a very powerful one. But here's the kicker. When you communicate what you're angry about, it is felt as passion. Mm. and you turn your conversation, your conversation comes to life and your words come to life because it has a very powerful tone and emotion that captivates people. And I'll give you a famous example of this. I talked about this. It was was actually the foundation of my TEDx talk that I did in April, which was a really cool experience that I was really lucky to have. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. was one of the greatest examples of this. A lot of people don't know that his, I have a dream speech was actually improvised in the moment. I have a dream. The entire speech was about 17 minutes long. And when you actually look at the transcription, I did a lot of studying on it because I was fascinated by it. He doesn't use the word dream until almost like the last five minutes of the entire speech. Really? Yes. And uh, there's a really incredible book called uh, Behind the Dream which one of his speech writers, Clarence Jones wrote, where he talks about and recounts the true story of what happened that day. And so here's what happened that day. Um, Martin Luther King had a really beautiful and famous friend, Mahalia Jackson, who was a gospel singer, that was one of his closest confidants. Anytime he was feeling insecure or doubtful or just um, had a moment where he needed support, he would call her. And they had a really close relationship. And the day of his speech, she was sitting a few feet in front of him and right about the last before around i forget the minute mark but uh it was like the last 5 minutes of the speech right when it was about to end actually she yelled up at him and she said martin tell him about the dream and that wow. is how i have a dream the speech was was born He literally went on and if you watch the video, you'll you'll notice that he goes on some incredible rant and just totally improvised stream of consciousness in the most poetic way that only he could. And uh, the speech was never meant to happen. And it was certainly not planned. And it was the most remembered, beloved and powerful speeches of all time because of that. And when you think about it, he was sharing his anger something he couldn't tolerate. It was personal for him. It was so personal for him. And that anger was very connected to a problem that he had to solve. And that problem was very rooted in a passion that he had, and Mm -hmm. it was felt because of it. And so that's a really beautiful and um, powerful example in history of, and there are many, by the way, of where anger and the tone of anger is what makes your your uh your pitch your message your communication come to life and it's what captivates people if you use it in the right way
0: wow okay you've got me sold on this idea talia but <laughs> i'm thinking to myself okay when people when people get angry they say things they don't mean right and yep. then the passion comes out and the emotions come out Correct. and it's like you know, or, or you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off. And the first thing you want to do is go, you know, and and that's not the anger we're talking about. No, there's a really beautiful, no, there's a
1: really, and I'm glad you're bringing it up. There's a really powerful difference. And uh, this is a quote that I think comes from um, a book called The Artist's Way that is uh, by Julia Cameron. It's really incredible, highly recommended for any creative, any entrepreneur. Um, The quote goes something like anger is meant to be acted on, not acted out.
0: Ooh.
1: Wow. Okay. You're not meant to act it out. It's not you know something. That not you aggression. At people. That's it's not, not aggression. aggression. That's not aggra- Exactly. It's not aggression. It's uh. It's connected to your mission. What is it that you have to act on because it pisses you off, because it makes you so angry? And every single business owner, entrepreneur, even freaking if you're working at a company for someone, every person on this planet who works or who lives even, I think has something that they see out in the world. When you think of the word vision, having a vision for your work, for your life, for your company, it is rooted in being able to see something that you can't stand. And you have to do something about it. And that's how every business starts. I would say most businesses start that way. But here's what's funny. Even though it starts that way, as you start growing the company and you start increasing profit and making that a focus, you actually start to experience other emotions that muddy your message. Mm. Stress comes up. (laughs) Anxiety comes up. Insecurity comes up. Scarcity comes up. A neediness comes up. And all of that is actually embedded in the emotion and the tone of your message, too. So it takes a lot of awareness to actually peel back and reconnect to the initial anger and passion that you have for what you do. And you have to communicate that in your pitch. If you're not communicating that in your pitch, you are 100% not going to be heard. Wow. I
0: love that. It's so exciting. You've got me tilt my, all the wheels are puffing and spinning and (laughs) ideas are coming out of my head. It's like, Wow. You know, so many, so many business coaches ideas, you know, oh, you got to talk about your customer's number one problem that keeps them up at night. Right. So, so they will be emotionally charged to act on it.
1: Yeah. It's very strategic. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But I think we're missing, we're missing the emotional piece to it. And we're digging on the pain side of it. And not pulling in the emotional side of it, if yeah, that makes you know, any sense.
1: It's so true. And I love that example, Marcia, because this was something I thought a lot about when I was actually writing the TEDx talk, because uh, it was such a fun, creative process for me. Okay. I love this stuff. Obviously, words are my communication in general. But here's something I thought a lot about. There are so many things in business that are principles that are founded in truth, like having a really strong pitch and like selling on emotion and like talking about someone's pain point, but we butcher it and we turn it into a tactic and a strategy, and we actually lose the heart of why it's effective. And so think about this, a pitch, an elevator pitch, the word pitch literally means tone. Mm. And we forget that, A, we're not we're not living in the 1960s anymore, where your only chance to get someone's attention was in an off- in, in an elevator of a corporate office where you had a few floors between a conversation. Like That's not how the world works anymore. And yes, attention spans are much shorter, but we should not be talking to people like that as if we only have like 30 seconds to squeeze in all of our value. We need to be talking to people um, and sharing the emotions that we feel because it's the pain points that we have that they also have. And it's focusing on, it's not just focusing on you, it's focusing on the pain that you can't, it hurts you to see that you can't stand for. So I'll give you an example of this. When people yeah. ask me what I do, and uh, if I were to give you the version 10 years ago, I would have said, you know, I'm a consultant, a strategy, I'm a consultant trainer, and I work with companies and we teach them communication. And everyone's like, great. What does communication mean? Oh, yep. another thanks. Consultant. Nice to meet you. Thanks. Your coach. Great. I'll go talk to that person. <laughs> and now today, when people ask me what I do, I say, well, here's the thing that really pisses me off. It breaks my heart to see so many companies who invest so much in marketing and so much in branding, and they don't understand the psychology of communication. How can you not understand the psychology of how people process what you say and be effective at marketing or branding? And I think that's It's a crying shame. And that's all I have to say. And people will go, oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Psychology, tell me more. What do you mean about? And I get asked questions. And that is what starts a conversation versus ends with a pitch.
0: You want your pitch to be
1: a conversation starter. And if you focus too much on words, it's a conversation end. When you focus on not the strategic pain point that you have to communicate about your client because you want to close them as a client, and you focus on your pain point, the honest to God pain that you feel about the work that you, about your industry, around the work that you do, around the problems that you see that you can't stand for, that is when you captivate people. It's when you're communicating what pisses you off. And actually in my TEDx talk, and maybe this is a good giveaway or handout for people, um, I know. That might be something really valuable for people to watch. There's a three-step process that I outline in detail of how to transform your pitch. And uh, it's called the three P's. So the first P is what is the pain point that you have? What pains you, business owner, entrepreneur? And what pains you is connected to what pisses you off. That's the first P. The second P is what problem do you have to solve because of that pisses you off so much and it pains you so much? And the third P is what passion drives you to solve it? And those put together are the undertone, the beating heart of your message.
0: So, so now, now when I think about the pain, the problem, and the passion, am I talking about it from my side or my ideal client's side? You're
1: talking about from your
0: side. So that's totally against everything that everybody teaches us yeah, because, because they nobody cares about me. You know, they only care about themselves. So it's gotta be about them and you've gotta talk about them. And you know, well, who cares yeah. that I have this degree or this education or I've made this much money unless I'm Grant Cardone or or <laughs> you know, all these things. Nobody cares about me. They well, only let me care about let's themselves. actually workshop
1: this, Marcia, because okay, I wanna away. break this. I wanna break this theory. I wanna break this misunderstanding. Good. I'm not saying to make yourself, I don't want you to sit there and tell people your story for 10 minutes. That is making <laughs> it about you. What I'm saying is that what pains you is the pain point of your freaking clients. Uh-huh. You attract and you create a business to solve the problem that you once had.
0: Exactly.
1: And so when you're communicating it from first person, it's more honest. Mm. You're not trying to strategically communicate your client's problem so that they realize that you understand them. You're telling them from first person. I hate that this happens and what you're communicating around your pain, your problem, your passion is their pain problem and a need that they have.
0: Love it. Okay. So
1: let's workshop it for a second. What pains you? What
0: pains me? Okay. So really, truly, I think what really, pisses me off is that so many business owners go through the same problem that I did and they end up with a company that's barely making it, right? They've got more expenses and all these things going on and they just don't have what they wanted to get what they got into business for, which was the freedom and the and the money and the and the lifestyle that they dreamed of and they don't get it. And it just Mm -hmm. it makes me mad because that's what I strive for every day. And I want to make sure that my clients or prospects or the people that I meet, that they can have that lifestyle that they initially started with.
1: I love that. Next part. What is the problem? Why is that a problem?
0: Ah, okay. so they are. Well, I did. OK, so you start working on you jump to all the sexy ideas, right? You start your business and you like you come in and next thing you know, you're working on these advanced things, right? And you forget about all the foundational pieces. Mm. So then this house that you're building, this business becomes super wobbly, right? Because it doesn't have the foundational pieces that it needs to stand on. Now, there's always the sexy, fun stuff that we can yep. get to, but we got to shore up the, the foundation first. Oh,
1: Love that. OK. Okay. Oh, my Um, God, this is actually working out. (laughs) But we do. (laughs) So the passion part, why are you so passionate to solve that?
0: Right. Because I've watched so many people, including myself, including my parents that were both business owners. Right. And, you know, there's always that kind of that proving ground. Right. Like. There was somebody somewhere along the way, and I can name at least three people that told me I couldn't do it and I shouldn't be doing it. And so screw them. Right. And I need to prove it. They're not even in my life anymore, but I need to prove it.
1: I love that. Okay. So um, I want you to play this back and listen to it. (laughs) I'm going to
0: do this. This is fantastic. especially,
1: Especially, and they're There's like, there's workshopping around all of it, right? Because it's such a shift, but you killed it just now. And if you go back and listen to the pain and the, and the problem parts of it, you act, I want all the people listening, hopefully to give us feedback and, and, and tell us if after listening to this show so many times, you actually got more connected to the heart of what Marcia stands for and what she's all about and what problems she's solving for business owners. Cause I certainly did. I really did. I felt The true passion even though you weren't saying it in words because when you said something like you know the thing that makes me what pisses me off is that people start a business to be more free and to have more flexibility and then they become more trapped in the business that they started that speaks to such a problem that entrepreneurs and business owners have but you're not trying to strategically get their attention you're just being so raw and honest Mm. with what pains you and that pain point is the pain point of almost every entrepreneur and business owner and so in a way it actually bonds you and it connects you in the way you're trying to connect, but without strategically, you know, wordsmithing the conversation and focusing on the right emotion. Can that I just say easy. I
0: giggle every time you say strategic because we talked After about your this. Your boyfriend and me are the same people that we're very tactical, strategic. Yep. There's results, there's action, there's going in here, and you keep yep. dropping that bomb, and I just keep giggling, and that's why I'm giggling because. <laughs> and it's I so fun, it.
1: it's so funny because <laughs> I would say most of the companies I work with are like very fi- their financial firm, their insurance agents, they're they're the CPAs of the world, they're yeah. the pers- you know in attorneys. And they're all very strategic, which is why this is such, it's so fun for me and for us to teach this to people, because what it does is it, it actually makes you more balanced. You're Mm. really good on the strategy and the peeling things backside, but you got to get really good at the heart and the emotional connection and the communication so that people can actually experience the strategic gifts that you have. And so Mm. it's always a combination of both. Um, and what I will say is that this is just the conversation starter. Once you create an emotional connection with someone, they start asking you strategic questions. And that is where you can freaking fly and shine because you know how to do what you do. But the whole right. purpose of changing the way you communicate is so that you can actually open the door for them to walk through and actually learn about how you can help them.
0: And start the conversation. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing, Talia. (laughs) I mean, it's like it really is because I know it's so you hear so many icky pitches or opportunities or elevator speeches or introduction things. And, you know, I mean, even one of my coaches tells me, oh, Marcia, you're too businessy you know your all your all your posts are very <laughs> businessy and I'm like but that's what I do <laughs> so, so it's hard all. Yeah, yeah it's hard for me to let that emotion out in a way that that I can share what really yeah. pisses me off about the world you know and in yeah. my lane of business and maybe I can just touch on someone's nerve in a way that goes
1: yeah, yeah. And they want to jump on that
0: bandwagon with me. It's so true.
1: And it doesn't have to be like kumbaya. It's just honest. It's what I think what pisses you off, right? There are back to your, you asked a question around like, well, it can be aggression. And what if you're acting it out? That's not the purpose Mm. of it. But when people have experienced anger in that way, going back full circle to how we started this conversation of it's very, what you do in business is very connected to what you've experienced as a child. When you experience anger in a bad way and Mm. people are aggressive towards you in any part of your life, it actually makes you turn off the emotion of anger because you don't want to be like that. But Mm -hmm. this is actually, it's a very powerful emotion when you understand the flip side of it, which is passion. And when you understand the proper way to use it. And, uh, and that's something that I think is why a lot of people either struggle with it or don't realize the connection point.
0: And it can be very polarizing. Right. So we're not telling you to get up on your soapbox and and be very political on the right side or the exactly. left side or, you know, talk about something that is uncomfortable. Yep. But if if it, it's it's so beautiful the way that you've just said that it's all about the pain that you feel and the problem oh. that you feel and it allows the passion yeah. that who you are and why That's it's right. so important that it gets to come out. Oh.
1: You said something that again touches on my heartstrings because um that was actually a very big pillar of the TEDx talk and of what I do. It is I think we are living in a world where we've evolved and we've evolved from the what and the how to the why which has been the trend and the uh, evolution over the last 10 years with Simon Sinek which I am a huge proponent of. But I don't think the buck stops there. I think mm-hmm. that it is all about the who and I think that it's being very misunderstood and very lost right now it's about who you are and you understand who you are by understanding what moves you and the emotions that you feel and how it's connected to what you do and why and i also think it's about who you're talking to so when you say i'm going to be bold enough to say actually that your message should be polarizing because Mm. if you're talking to everyone you're not pre-qualifying who you actually want to be working with. And if your message is polarizing, it does what a really powerful message is supposed to do. It repels and it attracts. It makes people run the hell away from you if they're not interested in what you stand for. And it almost qualifies their values. And it makes people run the heck towards you who are looking for you. So that is my uh, foundational stick in the ground on what makes a really powerful message.
0: Wow, this is so amazing! I I can't wait for you know to play in this realm and and really so kind of dig into this. So um, super excited about this conversation. I knew listener this was this was going to be fantastic. I, <laughs> I warned you. I told you it was going to be really fun. That's awesome. So Talia, where can listeners find out more about you? Um, we'll make sure the TED Talk uh, link yes. is in the notes so that way they can go watch yeah. it in full. Uh, yeah, that's really realm. like
1: my gift to the world, uh, this year. And, uh, the best way to reach me, honestly, we're, I'm really active on LinkedIn. Um, so if you want to personally connect, you can find me there, Talia jocklin CO Visceral. And then if you'd like to connect further, you can go to our two websites, um, visceralco.com. So V I S C E R A L co.com. And my personal website is really just getting to know a little bit more about me. If you want to connect with who I am and why I am in this business um and that's taliajacqueline.com, which will be in the in the links somewhere as well. It's talia t a l i a j a c q u e l i n e.
0: Love it. Love it. Wow. Thank you so much. I know this has been yeah. super powerful.
1: Um so much totally fun. totally
0: shifted my mindset on this and yeah. um yeah. I hope
1: I I love to you. hear it. So much yeah. fun. Thank you for having me. I I really enjoyed our conversation. It's it's always just so fun and I'm sure people listening know the feeling when you just when you hit it off with someone and you just sparks fly and you just know you're kind of, you know, in what you're doing for the, for the same reasons. It's just, that's what I think our network should be built upon. So I'm super grateful that we've met and thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. My goodness, listeners, hopefully you found a couple of ideas to put into your business that will help you be more profitable. And my goodness, if it's not the, the way that you communicate who you are and who you want to work with. And I love that, that you said towards the end who you are and who you want to work with that's yep. polarizing enough to attract them and repel yep. them. This is where you start off and, and you do this. So listeners, I encourage you go pull up Talia's information, yeah. go find her, follow her, watch her TED Talk, grab some of the nuggets she has on her website and things like that. I know that I am and probably going to be fine-tuned. No, I'm definitely going to be fine-tuned <laughs> in my, my communication style going forward. That's awesome. Yeah, that let me know how it changes for you that I feel strong about with, with my clients and and the reason that I'm in business and and an entrepreneur all the way. So I hope you're feeling exactly. I hope you're feeling the same thing on, on your side now after listening to this.
1: Thank you everyone for tuning in.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So real quick, don't forget, I mentioned earlier that you can boost your net profits by 45% just 30 days. I know it's possible. I know it's outrageous, but it is so possible. So go check out my new training called 30 Day Profit Booster. It's a quick and easy profit boosting strategy that can be done without spending more time on hiring, marketing, or working longer hours. Go get it at 30dayprofitbooster.com and hit us up on the on the thread here, on the comments, tell us your questions, tell us what you pisses you off, right? Yes, please. <laughs> exactly tell us here and talia and i will will comment on the on the uh on the thread as well and while you're at it subscribe to the show so you don't miss future shows as always you can catch profit with a plan on any of your favorite podcast players and we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show so until then make your plans and profit with it. my goodness thanks so much talia thank you